Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. It is currently 5.41 a.m. East Coast time. It is Saturday, November 30th, and we have a three-game NBA DFS slate to break down today. Before we do, welcome here. If you are new, my name is Sal Vetri, and I do indeed cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL. NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets would appreciate it if you got any value from this video or if you've gotten value from something of my past work, whether it be on another channel or my own channel, a piece of written content, whatever it might be, audio version. If you could hit that subscribe button over on YouTube, subscribe over on the audio podcast. Yes, the audio podcast. How those ears doing over there? I appreciate all of your support. Leave a five star rate and review if you have the time. A couple of seconds just to hit the five stars really does help out the audio reach. Uh, and just gets more people exposed to the work that I put in over here. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, we do have this three-game slate. In the description below, I have some of my social medias, Instagram, Salvetri. I do release exclusive content updates in the stories over there. So I make things free on Patreon pretty much here and there. And only people on Instagram know about that. So you can follow me over there if you want to know about that. As well as just have a follow on Instagram for some DFS-related content. Twitter, at DFS for some informative and co- tweets and content updates. And I do have exclusive content linked down below on Patreon as opposed or for this NBA content. Uh, what would go with that is the NBA projection that I do every single day, probably be out sometime around two o'clock this afternoon for the three game sleep, as well as interest pools. Those go out every single day. And then NFL, loads of content I have over on NFL uh, podcasts, live streams a week to go along with uh, written notes, projections, lots of things over there. You can see all of that linked up down below as well as some free strategy guides linked up down below. Thank you. Before we get into it, I really do appreciate each and every one of you so, so much. Did not do a video on exactly Thanksgiving, but had three logged for the Thanksgiving games. But just want to say thankful for all the support from all of you, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, today's sponsor is indeed Fantasy Draft. I do appreciate Fantasy Draft sponsoring this channel for uh, the month of November on these NBA videos. And honestly, yeah, the, it's it's a it's a company that is. I'm trying to have a unique sense in the industry by using subscription packages, but in, in that accordance, they're charging very small amounts just to compete with others. They're charging like one to two percent of your bankroll a month. I mean, depending on how big you play, it might even be less than that, like a half a percentage compared to the 15% model of the other industry giants like DraftKings and FanDuel, where they just take 15% of your money out of the prize pool every single night of all the prizes or all the tournaments you play, even the head-to-heads you play. You're losing 10 to 15%, which it doesn't feel like anything because it's not telling you you're losing 10 to 15%, but when you crunch the numbers, you are. Or if you have a tool on your a plugin like on a Google uh, extension, like something like Roto Grinders has some plugins. You could see the rate that they're taking, the margin that they take off the top. You could also call it. So, yeah, check out Fantasy Draft. Pretty much is they don't charge you rake. You if you play a hundred dollars or less in a month, um, they charge you zero percent. Otherwise, you pay for like a one percent fee on a subscription package for the month, uh, as opposed to losing fifteen percent without even really knowing it. On sites like DraftKings and FanDuel, where they if you put a hundred thousand dollars into a tournament prize pool. They're going to take their 10 to 15%, if not more, some nights, and then give the rest to everybody else in the form of pretty bad payout structures. So you can check that out linked up down below. There's a link over to Fantasy Draft. Let's get into it. Three-game slate, not much to talk about, so it should be a relatively brief video, but we'll see um, me being able to talk my head off uh, and just being with my family for the holiday, Italian New Yorkers. This could be a bad concoction, but let's go through it. Uh, For Philadelphia today, Josh Richardson missed yesterday. He'll be questionable today, I imagine, with a hamstring. Would impact Furkan Korkmaz, who might start. James Edis, he had a nice game, 30-plus fantasy points, but only in 22 minutes. I wouldn't rely on that. And then Matisse Thibel, he is just bad um, for DFS purposes just bad i mean even bad in real life just not being able to make shots outside of his one game a couple nights ago he goes five for five and he still doesn't hit you 
that much great of DFS value. Uh, he's a guy who, if he doesn't get you like three steals in a block, or three steals in three blocks, maybe even, uh, not going to be much value in DFS. Six points last night, not good. Joel Embiid, look, there's no injury status on this guy. He's played in the previous back-to-backs. I just have him in here, probable. I put reason for me putting him in here. This is not the league's designation. This is Sal Betri's for just rest. It pretty much just means watch Joel Embiid. He's probably going to rest some back-to-back this year and some nights this year. If he is out, well, then Al Horford, who rested last night, probably becomes one of the premier plays on a three-game slate. Tobias Harris would continue to start at the four. Kyle Quinn also missed last night, which allowed Norville Pelly to pick up 13 minutes due to the fact that there was no Al Horford for backup center minutes. Um, but now, if Oquan is back, I would not expect Pele, if I'm pronouncing that right, p- perhaps not. You can let me know if I am not. Uh, it would allow him to pick up more minutes if indeed you got no Embiid and Kyle O'Quinn once again. Otherwise, if there's any concoction of Embiid, Kyle O'Quinn, and Al Horford, and really two of those guys in, then you're probably not going to see him. Um, going to Charlotte, Cody Zeller missed last night. Questionable. Bismack Biombo night came out. PJ Washington night came out. They both played, I believe, 34 minutes last night. Both produced very well for their relative price points. They would, again, benefit. Marvin Williams has been seen stable, really, you know, to an extent, through two games in the low 20s in minutes. He would also see a nice little bump. Willie Hernan Gomez pretty much saw no overall usage bump from being no Cody Zeller. It was really just Bismack and P.J. Washington. Going to Milwaukee, Chris Middleton, he's probable. He's been playing. It's just a reminder that he is on a minutes limit. He's played 20, 23, and 23 minutes in the last three games. Well, actually, 23, 20, and 23 in that order. So just keep an eye on him if they give us any news that a minutes limit is just lifted or he's now going to play 28 to 30. At $6,000, 28 to 30 minutes of Chris Middleton is very nice against Charlotte. Also, sticking with Milwaukee guys who missed last night, all these teams on back-to-backs here uh, that I've discussed so far between Philly, Charlotte, and Milwaukee. Sterling Brown and Kyle Korver both missed yesterday. Brown with an AC joint. I have him questionable for today. I doubt he plays. Kyle Korver with a elbow. He had a sore elbow. Potentially, he can play. Um, but anyways, you saw George Hill play 22 minutes and just exceed. He played like, he averaged like 1.25 fantasy points per minute, something like that. Scored 28 fantasy points. So uh, George Hill would still be a benefactor, but you saw Pat Connington also play big minutes, 24 minutes. So these are the guys who are going to benefit off the bench. You'll still have D. Vincenzo starting at 4,400, but you get a nice and a cheaper price tag on George Hill and Pat Connington for potentially equal minutes and maybe even better permanent production of a guy like George Hill. So both George Hill and Pat Connington will be in play today. If you probably get Sterling Brown out, it's the bigger news. If you get Kyle Korver in, he'll soak up some of those backup minutes, which might hurt probably one of those players. Um, I think it would hurt Connington a little bit more. Clint Capella is doubtful today for Houston. Um, he has an illness, but also on the same team. So I don't know what this illness going around is. The kissing disease, potentially, hopefully not. Um, but we'll see if the, uh, there is some murmurs of the mono. Uh, Daniel House Jr. is also doubtful with an illness. So Clint Capella, Tyson Chandler, would, would $4,000 strike. He had two other opportunities to start. Got in foul trouble in the one game, but really did not produce all that much. But on a three-game slate, you get a starting center at 4,000 against Atlanta. It's probably going to be in play. But the bigger news here is that P.J. Tucker is going to be seeing more minutes at the five. This guy already plays around 35 minutes a game. He'll see more minutes at the five, and that's huge. And with uh, Daniel House doubtful, it also helps P.J. Tucker's overall rotational minutes, although he probably was going to get similar run anyways. It helps Ben McLemore, who you imagine will now start in the low 3K range. It'll help out both Sevalosha, who might see the, the mid to high teens now that there's no Eric Gordon still, of course, no Clint Compel, no Daniel House. But the binis, biggest benefactor is, one, you're going to get Ben McLemore starting, which is not that great, Tyson Chandler starting. But I actually do think P.J. Tucker is the biggest impact here overall. Let's go over to the target offense sheet. Uh, we still do not have one of these games totals here. Um, it is the Philadelphia 76ers and Pacers. I imagine they're just waiting on, really, just the delay here is injuries, right? Josh Richardson, Al Horford Rush should be back, and then also seeing what happens with any of these other players if they're going to rest on the second night of this event, Simmons, Joel Embiid. So just keep an eye on all that. Tobias Harris, who rarely rests. 
Looking at that game, though, it's going to project to be probably the lowest overall total um, by far. I think it would be the low 220s, if not lower, because it's the slowest paced game on the slate by a decent amount. You have Philly, who plays around league average. You have the Pacers. Pretty much they're right there neck and neck in terms of how fast they play. And it's just a brutal matchup for the Pacers. You do get a, a price down spot for all of these guys, right? You have a mid-5K range now in Miles Turner. You have a price coming down $200 more from Sabonis after a not great night last night, but very meh night for the price tag. He kind of gets you there at 7900 scores about 40 fantasy points. Malcolm Brogdon, 77, or actually 7,300. So his price point drops a ton from 7,900 last night. And it's just all because of the matchup. Look, from the Pacers, Brogdon's going to stand out at 7,300. A guy who's finally kind of settling into, since everybody's healthy, we have a bigger sample on him. And really, the biggest thing is, earlier in the year when he was dropping his 50-point games at night, he was also playing like 36 minutes. And now his minutes are very stable, coming back down to 30 to 32. So if you're not going to have an extra five to six minutes a night to uh, produce at a one-plus clip a uh, one point per minute plus clip well then yeah your your 40 your 35 performances that you've been getting they're no longer going to be 40 to 45 to 50 plus on the good nights now they're going to be the the 30 to 35 37 performances um and i mean you have a good night you'll go to 45 so uh, losing five to six minutes is going to impact that but 7300 tough matchup he's probably the guy who stands at the most here um just keep an eye on all this if joel Embiid is out it's still a tough matchup for Miles Turner at 5,700 against Al Horford and Tobias Harris, but it's a much better matchup than Joel Embiid and uh, Al Horford, so keep an eye on those types of things. Sabonis would probably be the biggest news there if you had a Al Horford wrestling again for some reason, but more likely Joel Embiid to be out between those two things happening. Well, then you have Sabonis going up against Tobias Harris at 7,700, and I would really like that. So right now with the news that we have, it's really just... Um, a guy like Malcolm Brogdon standing out, $6,100 Jeremy Lamb continues to be very, I would say, consistent in his 25 to 35 point performances, and the variance is not too high on all of that. Um, but again, tough matchup for him with no Richardson. He would probably benefit the most there. It's probably Brogdon, then Lamb, then Sabonis right now, my interest based on the news that we have for Philadelphia. If these guys are all going to be helping me out there, I don't really want any. Um, Joel Embiid, so far this season, it's really hard to tell what his minutes will be like on back-to-backs. Um, the last time out, he only played 26 minutes, but there was a blowout. So he would have played a little bit more. He was on pace to play around 30. So I think that you can confidently probably project Joel Embiid for around 30 minutes. But again, if blowouts occur, then obviously that all gets screw screwed up on any night. So Philadelphia is probably really just Embiid at his price point that he's at. Been playing very well since going 0 of 11 from the field and doing nothing at all, I believe, against the Knicks. So... Uh, yeah, it's a it's a spot where Joel Embiid stands out. Al Horford comes back. Tobias Harris remains the same price. These guys are Tobias Harris is fairly priced for the matchup. Uh, I don't want to play Ben pay Ben Simmons eight plus K price tag. Josh Richardson we're still waiting on, so you might get that same value in Furkan Korkmos, who's I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but not the greatest of value I would say on this type of a slate. Yeah, this game is kind of gross to me unless we get some sort of news. It's not going to be any priorities here. Brogdon's probably the one who rises the most, and then Embiid. Um, Houston and Atlanta. This is projecting out to be the fastest pace game, the highest total game. A 125.25 team implied total for Atlanta. A 111.75 for or for Houston. A 111.75 implied total for Atlanta. Houston are 13 and a half point favorites in this one. My God, a 108.69 implied pace here, which is a five higher than the next closest on the slate. So 10 projected more possessions overall in this game than the next closest on the slate. Um, yeah, it's the highest on the slate team total for. Houston, it is about a three and a half more points than what Milwaukee's going to come in at, which is also a high total. So you get just good spots across the board. You're going to have a $12,000 James Harden, and people can scream the blowout risk, and it's surely there, but can he get 60 and three quarters? And, or 58 and three quarters, and as long as he outscores Giannis, he's, he's going to be needed on a three-game slate? Yeah, exactly. Um, so 
it's a spot where he's in a good spot. Russell Westbrook at 9,300 is in a good spot. Price tag coming up, but I still think it's fair for the matchup that he's going to get against Atlanta in this Trey Hawks defense. Trey, Trey Hawks, wow. Uh, Trey Young Hawks defense um, in terms of just since he's been there, they'll, they'll push the tempo and they will play no defense, especially against guards. A really nice spot for transition points. You keep going down the line. I think that uh, my favorite play is just from maybe on the entire slate is P.J. Tucker, and he's priced up a little bit here, right, for the matchup. But also you have these injuries. He's 5,100 on a three-game slate. You've been getting him in the 4K range as of late, but he's going to play 36 minutes. He's going to probably see 10-plus minutes at the center position tonight. And that's hard to pass up against Damian Jones and Alex Len. So, uh, yeah, the priorities for me from this Houston team, and it's relative to the slate, are P.J. Tucker 1, Westbrook 2, and probably Harden 3. You might be saying, why is Harden 3 on that list? Well, he could easily be 1. It's a 1A, 1B on this slate if you're paying up for Harden and, and Giannis. And I probably slightly prefer Giannis in his matchup against Charlotte. Um, so that's why kind of I, I get to Harden second. But when it comes to just them in a player pool, they're all going to be in my player pool and just hope for more value to open up later. The value on this slate is... Very much thin. Uh, it's a lot of value that should be 3K value, in my opinion, priced up to the 4K range because of potential injury news that we're waiting on. And if some of these players are in, we'll talk about Cody Zeller, we'll talk about Josh Richardson, we already did. If some of these players are in, it eliminates all of that value from even being viable because instead of being 3K value, like you would get if they were all healthy and it'd be built in value, it's not priced up 4K value for DraftKings just kind of hedging against maybe these players are going to miss again. So, Lots of gross value on the slate. Same thing if we're really underrated Sterling Brown, which we'll talk about. If he's in, it really ruins a lot of the value in the Pat Connington's of the world and even George Hill's of the world at their price points in the 3K range. So really gross slate for value as of right now. Houston side of it's just going to have a great spot. Get to whatever you want on Houston. If you end up on James Harden, it's fan. It's fine. It's a three-game slate, and James Harden's probably going to score 60-plus. So he's going to project out for around 60 for me. He is great. He's in early interest of mine. I prefer Giannis slightly, but that is nothing to slight James Harden. On the Atlanta side, Trey Young is too cheap at 8,900. Again, you can be concerned about the blowout here, but they're actually going to have a pace up spot in this one of about four possessions. Look, when you have a pace up spot of four possessions, surely you'll be going up against Russell Westbrook and James Harden, whatever it might be, but $8,900 for Young coming up with a 60-point night last night. Really hard not to like that. Jabari Park, Parker's price point is now up to 6700 after going back down to 31 minutes last night. I'm going to check in Popcorn Machine, see if he lost any minutes anywhere because he was playing 37 and 34 before that. Um, <clears throat> and there was really no difference in injuries there So from players behind him in terms of more rotational depth coming back. So Atlanta, you did have DeAndre Bembry playing 41 minutes in that overtime game. He played the whole overtime, so he played 36 in regulation. It'll be interesting to see if Bembry just takes over the starting rotation minutes. You pretty much had Cam Reddish starting the game 0 for 7 from 3. He ended up having like a turnover there. He picked up a foul, and they pretty much said, you know what? They started the, the second half off with Cam Reddish. He missed both of his shots that he attempted. Well, here's what happened. He misses first of his, both of his shots in the first quarter. Bembry comes in, plays well, shoots like 2 for 2 has a steal, picks up a block. Then he comes out, Cam Anderson comes back in, shoots 0 for 3 in the second quarter, and they put Bemery back in, and he shoots like 2 for 3, and he's going into the half like 4 for 5 with a couple steals and assists. Um, and then the second half starts, and Cam Reddish misses two quick shots. Now he's 0 for 7. His plus minus is disgusting. And they say, you know what, Bemery, you go in there. Bemery continues to produce well, well enough, better than Cam Reddish right now, who, once again, um, I believe is the worst rotational player in the league currently. And... Yeah, and he just finished out the rest of the game. He played the entire fourth quarter. He played the entire overtime. He played three quarters of the set third quarter. So it'll be interesting now on a back-to-back to see what happens with Bemery, who's priced at $4,000. I think he's one of the more interesting players in the slate. He was a, he was going to play around 27 minutes last night based on his first half run, if indeed Cam Reddish would have got the same run in the second half, right? Um, so that's still pretty good, $4,000. But 27 minutes is a big difference from 41. And obviously, he got an extra bump from five minutes of overtime. So 
just say a 27 minutes compared to the 36 he would have played. He pretty much saw an extra nine minutes of play last night because Cam Reddish just stunk, and that's really what it came down to. There was no foul trouble there. Reddish had one foul like uh, the entire game, so there's no foul trouble. It was just Cam Reddish shot 0 of 7 to start and was pretty terrible there. His plus minus uh, was irrelevant. It was like 5 on 4 when he was on the court, so... Um, yeah, it's a spot where, look, if you told me he's going to get 36 minutes of Bemming, yeah, I love that. But if he goes back down to his, what is going to be 27, 28 minute role, probably, well, then you get Bemery at 4,000 at probably higher ownership and still a fine value on the slate. But if the ownership is going to be higher for people expecting 35 plus minutes, I think there's a leverage and a angle to say, well, if he doesn't start, maybe he doesn't see that. And he only sees his 28 and more times than not when he gets his 28 minutes, he'll score you like 22 fantasy points. And that could be also be enough at 4k. So I think Bemery's a fine value on the slate. He's one of the ones that stands out the most uh, and it's interesting to see what the ceiling will be like especially if he joins the starting lineup Start, joining the starting lineup alongside Trey has hurt him this year outside of his one big blow up spot just for assist percent potential but uh, seems like one of the better values on the slate right now Atlanta is really just Trey Young memory for me Jabari Parker shares are, are fine um, having no Clint Capella out there definitely helps the bigs Damian Jones you can take your gambles on if you want him uh, odds are he plays around 20 minutes odds are he gets into foul trouble I would say it's like a 50-50 shot if not higher that this guy's in foul trouble um and really just the uh, production is probably not going to be there unless he can get, get you 24 plus minutes. So Atlanta, it's really just Trey Young, um, Bambi, and the Jabari Parker in that order. Lastly, Milwaukee and Charlotte. Milwaukee, 121.75 team implied total. They're 14 and a half point favorites, one up in literally Houston and Atlanta. Charlotte, 107.25. The pace here, it's going to be slightly above average, but a huge pace down spot for Milwaukee, losing about three and a half possessions. And Charlotte projected to gain about 3.7 possessions, three and a half or four possessions in this one so looking at milwaukee again middleton's probably gonna be on this 23 to 24 probably around there and on a back-to-back probably closer to 20 minute limit here so i think what you get is eric bledsoe in play Giannis without a down in play against a team that gives up the most points in the paint brooke lopez without a down in play against a team that gives up the most points in the paint i'm not really the guy who kind of exceeds on points in the paint brooke lopez being there but he's going to be in the paint and he's going to have the benefit Giannis probably will soak up most of that though and then secondary options, you have George Hill and Pat Connaughton. Keep an eye on the Kyle Korver news, sore, sore elbow last night, and the AC joint of Sterling Brown. I don't think Brown will play, and we'll see what happens with Korver, but keep an eye on all that. That will impact the Pat Connaughtons of the world and um, the George Hills, who are cheap. Uh, they're cheap value in the low 4K to 3K range right now, and they're some of the value that stands out the most to me for guys who can play 22 to 28 minutes tonight and actually be close to a 0.8 to 1-point producer one point per minute producer. So uh, Milwaukee, I'm probably rank it right now. Say saying that Sterling Brown and um, Kyle Korver are out. Get that alarm off. Is going to be for me one Giannis, two Brook Lopez, three Bledsoe, four George, five Connington. I know Dante Divincenzo continues to start at 4400. Uh, it's actually interesting now to see what Connington and Dante Divincenzo are pretty much a one A one B because if they're going to be similar price, Connington now priced up to 4,100 and DiVincenzo at 44, and you're probably going to get the more stable 26 minutes of production out of Dante DiVincenzo, and stable just meaning more so the minutes rather than the production. It's going to be interesting to see where you go there. Maybe you just make an ownership pivot if Connington's higher owned or DiVincenzo's higher owned. You just go to the other one because there's probably a chance that they play two minutes of difference uh, if those guys on the bench are out, and the point per minute production is definitely better for DiVincenzo right now, but uh, it's also a smaller sample for a guy like Connington, especially in this rotation with the starters. If you go back to last year, he's been a pretty quality point per minute producer, for at least for the price tag. So that's what Milwaukee right now. Um, it's Giannis. It's Brooke Lopez, those points in the paint. Then Eric Bledsoe, price point coming down. The guy's just never owned. Uh, and go from there with the George Hills is off the bench. And they can get into your Connaughton and your DiVincenzo's. Charlotte finishing it up here. Devontae Graham's too cheap, in my opinion. Tough, tough matchup for Devontae Graham in the sleet. Um, but I think that it's I think that it's fine just based on the way that he gets his points, relying on 10 three-pointers he'll shoot. 
if he hits four or five in the night, he's going to have a huge night. If he hits two or he only attempts like six and he hits one or two, it's probably going to be a mediocre night unless he has a 13 assist type of game. So I hope we will, see, we will see. Last night he was very mediocre, scoring around 35 fantasy points. It was a night where Terry Rozier also went for around 35 fantasy points mid middle of the third, mid 30. So when that happens, one of them's not going to pop off. They both play well, so I think it's fine here. The matchup is 14 and a half point underdogs. Um, it's a little bit scary, right? You can maybe go for your Malik Monk shares if you want for maybe blow out, run off the bench. Um, but the thing that stands out the most is Cody Zeller was listed out yesterday. You had Bismack Biombo start uh, in the 3K range. He's now in the 4K range. He scored 29 points. Played back to back games of 34 minutes. You had you had P.J. Washington playing 34 minutes and excelling. Marvin Williams off the bench got minutes bumped into the low 20s for the second straight game. Nothing major for Marvin Williams, but yeah, Cody Zeller, his injury similar to the injury status of these Milwaukee backup guards, similar to the injury status of Josh Richardson, is really big for this slate. If he is out, you have a nice matchup, a very good matchup. Um, for either Biombo or, well, I mean, personally for him against Brook Lopez, it might not be that great, but in terms of points per game allowed, Milwaukee's just leaking points to the bigs this season. So Bismack Biombo starting, his price tag is up. If the ownership comes up, I think it's a fine spot to fade, but he's we've, thrown, we've seen it two games straight now. He's going to be the guy. They're going to give him 30-plus minutes, barring foul trouble or injury. So I think that he's fine to get to, but just keep in mind for game, um, or for game theory and strategy-wise, if this is indeed Bismack Biombo starting again on a back-to-back and I don't know, three game slate, 50 plus percent of the field wants to own him. I think I, I'd rather hedge against playing Bismack Miyamo against Brook Lopez and Giannis today. So um, I think right now in cash games, he's fine. I think in, in, in a vacuum, he's fine. But trying to find your, your leverage on a slate, I prefer PJ Washington on his own team, but I imagine he'll also be highly owned. So my interest in Charlotte really. A lot of these guys are in nice spots. Miles Bridges continues to produce well at a fair price point. Um, Terry Rozier, obviously shooting guard. I think he's really going to rely on spike shooting nights. So my interest is going to be for Charlotte right now. One, Devontae Graham. Two, P.J. Washington. Three, Bismack Biombo. Um, and then I'll go four, Miles Bridges. Five, Terry Rozier. And me saying five, Terry Rozier, he's probably still going to be in a player pool for me on a three-game slate. Uh, it's just I, I prefer between those two guards if I'm trying to build one or a handful of lineups getting to Devontae Graham over Rozier for what I would – uh, what I would say is a higher ceiling due to the assist rate and three-point shooting. So here's early interest. I have 16 written down for the audio listeners. We will kind of skim through them here and just kind of, kind of wrap up what we just broke down. And then also just keep in mind, if you're playing anything more than a handful of lineups, um, you should have more than a 16-person uh, player pool. If you're playing 20-plus lineups, you should have more than 16. 150? Without a doubt, you should have double... 2x, two, 2.5 times this type of a player pool. So Harden and Giannis at the top. Yes, I like both of them. I slightly prefer Giannis. Like I said, they're both in huge spreads. 13.5 for today. Houston favorites, 14.5 for Giannis and Milwaukee. I do like both. You're going to get more minutes out of Harden. You're going to get better point per minute production on Giannis. These guys are both going to project out close to probably around 60 fantasy points for me. So it's really just a coin flip at that point in who you trust more. Maybe you try and correlate your lineups on a three-game slate. You save $200 on the honest. Maybe he falls into a couple more lineups. He is $300 more in fantasy draft, though. So if you do like James Harden today, you get somewhat of a bargain compared to DraftKings on him over on fantasy draft. Russell Westbrook, 93, only guy in the 9K range that I like. I think the only guy maybe in the 9K range besides Embiid today. So I think that's fine, 93. It's a little bit interesting to want to pay 93 for Westbrook when you have Trey Young at 89, when we know that Westbrook's going to be sharing the ball with James Harden. And on a good night tonight, probably more times than not, he scores right around that 45 fantasy point night. Um, on an average night, or I would say around 40 to 45. On a huge night, he can score 60 plus. But you have the same thing in Trey Young for cheaper as the guy who gets there a little bit more because he doesn't have James Harden on his team. 
Trey Young right now is $400 cheaper on DraftKings. He's $1,300 cheaper on Fantasy Draft. $16,300 Trey Young on Fantasy Draft is a great bargain, in my opinion. A really nice price. I do like Trey Young. I think I prioritize him over Russell Westbrook today. And if for some reason you want to build really balanced today, I think there's some enough value to get you to a Giannis or a Harden. And on a three-game slate, passing up both of the players who probably go for 55-plus as a minimum and have this 70-point upside on the slate, <clears throat> it seems risky. But building a balanced lineup, starting with Trey Young, does intrigue me a little bit. But it's really hard to make up the 65 points that one of Harden or Giannis is going to drop today. Malcolm Brogdon, 7,300. I think it's a really tough matchup. Shooting guard eligible, though, is nice. The minutes have come down. That is the biggest issue for him, but so is the price point since last night. Eric Bledsoe, 6,600, just never seems to be owned right now. Um, he is a third option for me on Milwaukee behind uh, the bigs of Brook Lopez and Giannis. Um, so, yeah, bigs behind those behind those bigs it's going to be Bledsoe for me it continues to just be unowned and if on a three game slate they continue to go unowned on him I'll take my chances against Bledsoe in this um, Terry Rozier backcourt with Devontae Graham I do prefer Devontae Graham for $100 cheaper though just for like the shooting he's $200 cheaper over on fantasy draft over Terry Rozier same price range same positionality except you get Devontae Graham as a shooting guard eligible player on DraftKings Brooke Lopez 5500 PJ Tucker 51 $10,000 slot for Tucker on Fantasy Draft, I think is a really nice price point, and 51 on DraftKings. Look, it's probably a little bit higher than you would like based on the production you get out of this guy, but he's averaging exactly 35 minutes a game. The usage is gross, 9.3% usage. That's atrocious, but he's going to see a bump, probably double digits plus minutes at the t- at D5 today, more rebounding opportunities, more blocks, upsides, just more overall usage at that position than he's going to get at the four, where his really biggest part of his game is just stepping back in the corner and trying to knock down some threes in a game. So 5100 maybe $500 more than I would like to pay, but again, you get the bump of usage, so I think it's justifiable. And then I have a range of a bunch of yellow guys based on injuries, uh, starting with PJ Washington and Bismack Biombo from Charlotte. They are really, P.J. Washington in play either way on the three-game slate of 4,600. Um, Cody Zeller being back, we saw two games ago, Bismack played 34 minutes even with Zeller in there, and they really didn't care all that much. They just left him in. So that becomes a murky situation. Maybe you even want Cody Zeller to be active today and just hope and gamble that all the Bismack ownership goes away, but then he still plays 30-plus minutes, and he scores you 25 fantasy points at 4,500 on a short slate. So I think they're both in play regardless of when Zeller, if Zeller starts or not. If Zeller doesn't start, they're both going to be absolute chalk bunnies, and then you have to really take the risk of just the minutes that they would see and then also the chalk on them. For the rest of this is Pat Connaughton and George Hill. They're also in yellow. Yellow just means caution right now, and I'm just waiting on the injury news. If if you have Sterling Brown and Kyle Corver in today, well, then my interest in Pat Connaughton kind of evaporates. George Hill would still be there slightly at 3700 I prefer Hill to Connaughton right now for a $400 price savings. DeAndre Bemery at 4 k flat. I only have caution around him because I just wanted to mention, which I already did, his minute situation, how he played 41, 5 because of overtime, and he was on pace to play about 26 and a half to 27 minutes, but then you saw just uh, 0 for 7 Cam Reddish come out, and they said, you know what, we're done with this guy, let's just let Ben play the rest of the game. Uh, ben McLemore is also a guy in yellow, he's just in, he's going to start, I just wanted to say that 3,500 he's going to start, he's also the same price as Tyson Chandler on his team, who will start at the 5, Ben McLemore though will probably play close to 30 minutes, Chandler, if he's lucky, will get to the, the low to mid 20s, 25 minutes or so, I don't really want either of those guys i'd probably take chandler from taking more risks you don't get as many minutes but you get him at the five so he can average somewhere around 25 minutes and score you 20 plus fantasy points at 3500 that's pretty fair whereas macklemore i think can play you 28 minutes and not get you that 20 point mark but again it's a three game slate they're both in play that is a 16 person player pool for right now to start today so appreciate everybody tuning in here i'll be live on the awesome youtube channel at 11 a.m today i'll be live over on patreon for patrons only if, you want, if you're interested in becoming a patron linked up down below uh, to talk about the nfl week 13 slate that is at 
10 a.m. today. So it's a couple of live streams, sportscasters, some stuff going out. I'm going to work on getting these projections out this afternoon, as well as also getting out the game-by-game notes for the NFL. Um, a lot to do for that. Projections, obviously the holiday, doing more content for the holiday, doing specific Thanksgiving holiday content. So adding multiple hours to my, my, my uh, content log, along with two 12-hour road trips in a span of two and a half days. Um, not great for trying to get the the ultimate um, highest volume of content out that I've ever done when we factor in also doing NBA videos. So I'm going to try and get those game by game notes out this week. Um, already did them for Thanksgiving and try to get them out for the main slate. So if you are a patron, uh, looking forward to all that stuff coming out today and tomorrow. If you're not, be sure to check out the description for opportunities to become a patron and see what I do offer down below, as well as checking out my social media accounts at Salvatry DFS on Twitter, Salvatry over on Instagram, where I ex- release some exclusive content. Check out Fantasy Draft linked up down below. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Saturday, great rest of your weekend. I will see you all in the next one tomorrow live on 11 a.m. on my YouTube channel talking Q&A before the NFL slate starts. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoy this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.